Hey, everybody. You've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. And this is Josh. It is Tuesday, November 15th, 2022. Now it's mid-November. Now it's mid-November. Not like that last time. We've been battling trying to get our windows installed with the window people, and that's a whole other, whole other story. The point is, in my responses to them on November 9th or whatever it was at the time. I was like, it's mid-November and this still isn't done yet. In my head, I'm like, well, it's not really mid-November, but it's, you know, it sounds better in the argument angle of these things. You're going to freeze to death with no windows in your house. Oh God. Well, the worst part is they have to cut out ICF walls, concrete form or whatever the hell, you know, it sounds better when my wife says it, but anyways, it's a special cutter or whatever. I guess it takes a long time to cut, but there's just been the like endless stuff. It's like the machine was broke the one time. They didn't tell the installers that it hadn't been cut yet so they showed up the other day and we're like oh so it's already been cut right and we're like that's literally your job ha. like no it hasn't <laughs> been done and so then they couldn't do anything pretty much so it's just been this endless thing like we just want four windows left two of them are in the garage and they need you know the cutouts first and then there's the two upstairs which I, I guess are at a warehouse, but nobody can seem to find them. And then they keep, so I'm like, oh God. And it just threw off everything. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize you were actually putting in new windows yeah. versus like replacing glass or whatever. It's kind of both. So there's wow. like two, one window where there's no window at all. A second window that's a bit longer than the current window. That should be an easier cut, says the guy who's never cut ICF before. That one already has a square. They just have to cut a little second square. And then the two upstairs are just kind of, I don't know. Again, I don't know what I'm doing, but, you know, it's like standard pop and pop. You know, they're popping out the old one. Well, it's like our window facing Bank Street at the Mayfair in the candy bar. So our candy bar used to be a separate corner store. So in the winter, it gets cold in there, (laughs) as you know. Yes, because the wall isn't right. <laughs> the wall ain't quite right <laughs> it's in not there. Quite right. Because it just used to be the front window of a corner store. Right. Now it's just cardboard that we taped up there. Yeah, and like, it's cardboard. This isn't even a real wall. In retrospect, well, not that we ever have any money, but <laughs> over COVID, that would have been the time to fix that. But we never knew if we were going to be closed for a week or 10 months. Well, yeah. And it's also like you don't own the building or the wall. So it's not like you're going to be putting your own personal money in here and being like, hey, actual owner, I can ask check. It's weird. But I would love to know. See, there's all these things I don't know. I don't know how and why the corner store became our candy bar. And I'm fascinated that between 1932 and 1972 or whatever, we did not have a candy bar. It's so weird to me. You had like a popcorn stand or like I a, think on wheels so. probably. And I think possibly back in the day, what you would call a candy girl, okay. like walking around selling oh, yeah. chocolate bars. But I don't think we had a fountain machine. So were people just drinking Coke bottles? I've wondered this forever. Or I don't like know. cups of water or something. Or yeah. Like, I don't know. That's pretty dodgy, but you never know. So then- the store was attached, but not attached, kind of. Like, it was, yeah, like, next so, door, but there was no wall through to it. Exactly. So they, speaking of cutting holes in walls, yeah. so what is the entrance to our candy bar now would have just been a wall. Yeah. And then what we lovingly call the heller <laughs> underneath the candy bar would have been their storage space or whatever. So I think it would have been reverse, like, where now... Our candy bar staff has their back to Bank Street, Mm -hmm. and you walk in the candy bar, and to your left is the popcorn machine and the counter. I think that would have been open space, newspaper rack, whatever. The clerk in the corner store would have been facing Bank Street. Yeah. But 
because cameras didn't exist pre-cell phones, evidently, I've only seen one exterior photo of the candy. I keep on calling it candy bar store. but uh, I mean, they sold candy. They sold probably. candy, yeah. yeah. So. But I've never seen a shot inside the store, mm-hmm. anything like that. I've talked to people who shop there, okay, old timers in the neighborhood who have been here that long and used to go in there to buy their newspaper or whatever. And could they draw a loose outline of oh, what maybe. it was like? Next time one's in, I'm going to grab a pad of paper. Yeah, if they're a retired architect especially, that would oh, be very yeah. good. Because they're just like, ah, actually, these were the exact specifications as I recall it. Because it is pretty easy. The Heller, basically no one's seen it if you haven't worked here or you no. don't know Josh. But it's pretty <laughs> much like an Evil Dead basement. Yeah, if you've watched an Evil Dead movie yeah. or Blair Witch Project, you know what it looks like down there. Yeah, and it's under a carpet. It's like nobody expects it to be there. And I feel like it's like on everyone's first day here it blows your mind there's something under a carpet it's like who could ever have thought that yeah and every once in a while somebody will be changing the coke syrup downstairs Mm -hmm. the coke bibs (laughs) so the trap door is open but the fence door is pulled across yeah and somebody comes in a couple minutes early to grab a seat and i just say oh the candy bar will be open in a second and you could hear them exclaim in wonder and joy there's a trap door there. Yeah. And it's somebody who's been coming here for 20 years. And it's always terrifying too because terrifier too. It's always terrifier too because <laughs> someone will like either sort of lean in through the bars and just be like, oh, hello. Or like, oh, yeah. I mean, are you yeah. open or whatever? And I always find that one funny. <laughs> are you open? Yeah, no, clearly I'm open. Yeah, walk through the pit. Come on in. You know, yeah, this looks totally normal. Or the other one is they'll be trying to like, start to open the door and, and you're like okay i know they're not an idiot i know they see the hole in the floor but that sound is terrifying because yeah you're just like what are you doing don't because <laughs> if you collapse down the stairs that's a big problem for all of us mostly you and it's old wooden stairs with yeah. spaces in between them that a deadite could reach through and grab your ankle yeah and it's those kind of stairs and the light doesn't immediately turn on also when best. you turn the switch on it takes about 10 seconds maybe and and there's like creepy mannequins down there too like it could <laughs> re- really be creepier than it is so i went down there with our new candy bar person sophie to show her how to change the coke syrup out and it couldn't have been more perfect going down these creepy stairs and then clicking on the overhead lights you just needed some creepy score behind it but the light did this like clickety clackety whir 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 (laughs) then turn on but it took a really long 20 seconds yeah and it's not i mean it is cool but it's like (laughs) you know it's not for everyone (laughs) so and you'll you know whoever you are listening to this you'll probably never see it but maybe i'm hyping it too much because then you're gonna want to see it yeah it's just a basement and all that's down there is coke cups and the room dvds yeah yeah well don't tell them that they're all down there some people actually want those (laughs) other people it's a coaster but not them i like the one you know i want to give away all the secrets but the secret basement underneath the uh, projection booth is pretty cool that's pretty cool although i can't stand up in it (laughs) and you look at that so pretend you're sitting in the balcony look behind you and you can see how high up the windows for the projector are or the projectors, the 35 millimeters, which we rarely use, but are still there. Mm -hmm. And all my years coming here before I knew that was there, I never thought about it. But then you look and you're like, wow, there's a big empty space there. Yeah. And as you're walking up to the projection booth, before that tiny little flight of stairs, they totally could have put a door right there. And it would have made things so much easier for storage purposes Mm -hmm. because now there's a big metal trap door in the projection booth and you climb down a little 
six foot ladder. Yeah, and it doesn't open the way you think it will. No. It, it, it kind of goes the opposite of how you expect. So you're awkward, especially me. You're awkwardly yeah. trying to like weasel <laughs> your way in there. And we've cleaned it up a bit. We threw out a bunch of stuff, but down there now is spare projector parts, a bunch of 35 millimeter stuff. Yeah. And a couple of my boxes of storage that I was like, oh, I can put these here for now. Like schoolwork or something? Pretty or? much. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? Because basically what happened, this is a whole other story, but my mom moved. Ah. And as happens when you're a grown up whose mom moves, yeah. she says, take all your stuff. Did she move down there? Like yeah, she, she lives there now. All her stuff it's, in there. It's very reasonably Joshy, priced. <laughs> send me down some groceries. Here's some more popcorn, mom. Oh, man. So I had to take some stuff. We have some storage space at our apartment, and so we made use of that. But then I was just like, I don't want to get rid of this stuff. I don't want to look through it right now. And it's just that kind of stuff that it's weird, right? You feel bad throwing it out, but you're never going to look at it again. Yeah, like, but you think you will. You think you will. So I've got a couple boxes of yearbooks and yeah. things in there. Thor back issues. No, those are at my house. Yeah, yeah. Those are at my apartment. Yeah, for now. But there could have been a door put in there very easily. So instead, you got to crawl down this trap door. So I had to get help and <laughs> lift those down. And also, we have a couple 35-millimeter movies in there. And that's not easy because you're basically standing oh, yeah. with your arms over your head as somebody gives you the movie. Yeah, they're huge, too. And they're huge. And you just carefully get it and then put it to the ground. <laughs> it's, it's all very awkward. Oh, my God. But it's a neat little hiding space. But unless you know it's there, you don't think about it. Yeah. So we have that space. Recently, somebody nicely said they had a wooden poster box from another cinema, but it looked like it had some wear and tear and needed some work. And the wooden poster box wouldn't work well for us outside. In the winter, especially. Yeah. And inside, we're kind of all full up. So it was one of those, thanks for asking. If you'd like, I could put this photo on the internet and maybe one of our patrons might like it, mm -hmm. but they found somebody else to take it. But that's an example of we frequently get people going, hey, I have this old 16 millimeter projector. Do you want it? And we're like, that's cool, but we don't have space. We, yeah, no. We don't need it. We have too many posters and movies and we don't have a backstage. So it's nice that people want to give us all this cool stuff, but we're often like, thanks, but no, you keep your cool thing. Yeah, you know, and I, th I mean, if it's some sort of cool, small toy, maybe. Yeah. That's about the extent of it. Like when we got those cool uh, Universal Monster busts, you know. Yeah, a friend gave me those. those Another awesome. friend gave me a DeLorean that's hanging in the candy bar. So good. But yeah, we're pretty full up. You just look, we don't have a lobby. We had a bunch of rentals in this weekend. A real rarity. Sunday was rentals from dawn till dusk. Oh yeah, yeah. I was reading about that and then I was like, wow, I'm, I should look into that. And then I forgot immediately. So it was church in the morning, right. as we usually have. And then the matinee was a rental, a fundraiser. And then it was supposed to be a pair of movies as a rental. They were doing a double bill for their Ooh. staff party. Oh, that's cool. But then they changed their mind, and we kept their money. Oh, yeah. And they did one. So they ended up coming later. So it was this jumble of a day that initially I was going to do church, and then Sarah and Andrew were going to come and work the night because they thought the rental was going to be busy, mm. and they were going to do buffet style, so lots oh. of popcorn to give to all their staff. And then it changed, and the matinee rental was not super busy, and the evening rental became a single movie instead and they were coming later so i don't know if they were That's, doing dinner elsewhere yeah that would have been good if it was the earlier one and then you could have closed at nine o'clock yeah or so what happened this is all very exciting i'm yeah, sure i'm thrilled my scheduling nightmare <laughs> yeah. so 
Sarah was nice enough to come just for a couple hours to help me out with the matinee. And then there was this gap. I left and I told Andrew that they're not coming till seven now. So you don't got to get here at five because you do not need two hours to prep for these folks. Mm -hmm. So we ended up having like these three little short shifts. So we saved some money on payroll, but it was a weird, weird day. And I think Andrew got to go home at 930. Yeah. So that was Sunday. I can't remember the last time that happened. It might have been a film shoot where the whole day was not the Mayfair. I think one of those Christmas movies that you may or may not have been in. I can't yeah. remember. Well, it would have been the Goblin Day, I guess, in a way. Oh, that's true. We but had two weeks in happen. a row that went weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that would have been the first time that it happened. Then it didn't happen. And then it did happen a week later. So Someone just said, any update? What? And I just said, you will know when we know. Yeah. The last update we had was the same release that you guys got on your email saying, we'll be back in 2023. Yeah, plus it has nothing to do with you, technically. Yeah, Go bug goblin. <laughs> yeah, is, is it? I mean, this is still early days, but is it kind of assumed that they probably will come back here? I assume or, they'll ask us. Yeah, I guess we just don't know. The problem is always we have so many rentals, right? Yeah, yeah. So say they can come back a Sunday in May. Yeah. And that's the only Sunday they have free. And we have a wedding that afternoon. Mm-hmm. So you wouldn't be able to load in your gear till five o'clock. Yeah. We might lose them. Yeah. That's just a possibility. Yeah, that's going to be interesting because it's, I mean, I'm biased, but I think it's the best venue for it. Oh, yeah. Here. I mean, apart from kind of NAC or something, but that's not, that'd be cool. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> I mean, yeah. for them, I, I feel like that would be just crazy. But, you know, certain venues are either sort of not close enough to the city or they're too big or they're too small kind of thing. Like it's Barrymore's would have worked. Yes. But they don't even, I don't even know what's going on with them. No. And, but it happens. The example I said recently where, we were supposed to see Weird Al at the NAC and instead mm-hmm. saw him at a different venue at Centerpoint. So, yeah, we hope so because it's cool. It's yeah. a cool thing to have. But we're just kind of waiting. And you never know with bands, right? They could cancel the tour. They could not do it at all. They could say, oh, yeah, here's all the new dates. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Yeah, I actually haven't checked since this all went down because I guess I didn't really care about the rest of their tour. Like, it doesn't affect us or I me. do know somebody told me, I don't know whether it was five days later. Because mm-hmm. where are we now? We're a week later. So somebody recently sent me a thing that the show has gone on. Okay. So... Just not Canada, basically. Yeah, maybe that was it. Maybe they just didn't come here. Yeah, because it was just two shows initially. God knows. I mean, I don't think it was a deliberate thing where they're just like, ah, I don't want to go to Canada, you know? Like, <laughs> No, I still haven't heard what this hospitalization was for the band member. Yeah, or if, do they just have like a, not a scab member, but you know, do they have like <laughs> a stand-in touring person? Because I'm imagining it wasn't Claudio Simonetti who yeah. had the health thing, but who knows? Well, that's the thing too. We live in this world, right, of COVID still looming. And at the NAC, I can't remember the exact number, but a number of performers of Hamilton mm-hmm. were COVIDed. Damn. And had understudies. And uh, it was, yeah, I was wondering about it that. It was a number. It was like six. So <laughs> so they're all like the bench players were playing? Like, yep, pretty much. <laughs> and then you're like, wait, I paid the same amount. Now I got this Hamilton Jr. See, this isn't too bad because of the touring show. But I always think, I always think, like if you're going to see Hamilton with Lin-Manuel mm. or you're going to see the producers with Matthew Broderick Yeah, yeah, with a it, star, you know, with, Oscar winner or whatever. Yeah, Denzel Washington's doing something right now. Hugh Jackman was doing a couple, yeah. Imagine you've planned your whole (laughs) vacation. You're in an expensive hotel. You've gone to a fancy dinner. You sit down in the theater, and a voice comes on and says, tonight's role of whoever Hugh Jackman is playing. (laughs) 
is being played by Jim Smith. Or Jim Brewer, even worse. Like, like, oh, what? Are people highbrow enough not to baseball fan style just start booing? (laughs) Can you imagine the stress of that performer? If it's an average show with just talented average Broadway performers, you wouldn't even know. No. But... That would be something. It would be so good, though, if it was another actor who literally was like a B or a C list. You know, like if yeah. they were like, you know, instead of Hugh Jackman, it's Judge Reinhold or yeah. something. You're like, <laughs> I get, I mean, that's sort of cool, I guess. You know, I think there's somebody, somebody was doing a one person show, a comedic one, Billy Crystal or somebody. And that was their gag before every show. They would say, tonight, the role of Billy Crystal will be played by George Smith. <laughs> and they did that every single night. No, that, that would be that would be pretty funny. And like, it, it is very much, it's similar to sports as well, because I mean, if you know, if LeBron is playing the Raptors or something like you want to see, I mean, I don't care that much, but I mean, you want to see LeBron or you want to oh, see yeah. like whoever, or like or Michael Jordan back in the day. And actually the Raptors beat Michael Jordan during their first season. You know, that was one of their 12 wins that season or one of their, one of, <laughs> one of Chicago's 12 losses. That was what is so crazy. But anyway, yeah, I mean, that occurs to me where you're like, okay, on the one hand, you just want to see an entertaining show or game or whatever, but secretly you're kind of there to see the star, you know? I remember that. I think old Gretzky, when he, in his last season, he was injured quite a bit. He maybe only played 50 games out of the 80 or something like that, Mm -hmm. but everyone knew it was his last year. So the amount of people who bought New York Rangers tickets in their hometown and they did not get to see Gretzky was a lot of people, I think. Yeah, and you're like, I don't actually even care about the rest of the Rangers. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I don't even know who the rest of the people on that team. I don't want to see Esatikin in. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm here for this guy. You never have that problem with a movie. You no. know you'll get to see exactly who you want to see. And ironically, the, last night the Raptors were missing four starters. Whoa. And, so, and they were playing their old coach who they had fired after he won Coach of the Year. It's a long story. It was the right thing to do at the time, but anyway. Yeah. And so there's a running gag because they have not beaten him since. It's been five, six years. Oh, And wow. they never, no matter how good they are and bad the other team is they always lose and last night they're missing six guys four starters and they ended up winning obviously so it's just one of those things where you're like well i mean that would have been entertaining like maybe sure you were going when you bought the tickets you were going to see certain starters or whatever but seeing a crazy win is like isn't that more fun sports is weird yeah right so let us mention the movies we are screening the week of friday november 18th 2022 yay First up is Triangle of Sadness, an extremely dark comedy. I don't know if it's starring Woody Harrelson, but Woody Harrelson is in it. Okay. And it's about a whole bunch of rich people on, I think, a yacht cruise, and then everything goes horribly wrong. Oh. And you laugh at the horrible rich people as their lives descent into madness. And maybe they're dying, I guess. We don't, yeah. We're not clear on that. It looks good, though. And it won a couple of awards at Cannes. And it's from the guy who directed Force Majeure, which is that oh, movie yeah. about a dad who panics and abandons his family during an avalanche. Yeah. And then the avalanche doesn't happen. And then it was and, remade with Will Ferrell. Yes. And then he has to deal with being a bad dad. Yeah, I never I didn't actually see that, but it's such a it's a fascinating premise, as is this one. I got I, mean, I haven't seen either and I want to see them both, but I want to see the original first. <laughs> Maybe there's an avalanche in this one too, and that's like Could his be. thing, like his Hitchcock thing. You know, everybody has got a, a <laughs> thing. He's like, all of mine have avalanches. Then we have the Ottawa premiere of a film called Drink Water, which is getting a lot of nice reviews. It is a '80s set John Hughesian coming of age story, and it's Canadian, right? Like super Canadian. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, and the guy from Will and Grace, Will, I think, Will. pretty sure. Is yeah. he Canadian? 
I think I want to say yes. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he is. I think he might be because often with these kind of movies, you have to be a certain amount Canadian to get certain tax breaks and grants and stuff like that. So if you can cast a Canadian celebrity, you get a bit of publicity, but it also helps in your... Yeah, we're 75% Canadian. This yeah. movie, I think, is 100% Canadian because it's filmed in Ontario. Hmm. Every time I see the poster or whatever, it's somebody wearing a Habs jersey or something like that. That so. sounds about right. Yeah, and like he's at a good position of not as famous anymore, you know, so they can afford him. <laughs> yeah, he's not Ryan Reynolds, but he was still on a very popular sitcom for a long time. Which came back uh, yeah. a few years ago, I think. I don't know. I vaguely follow these things. And then another Ottawa premiere we have, very different, is Vesper, which is a cool-looking international sci-fi film. It's a post-apocalyptic, futuristic thing about a teenage girl wandering the wastelands, I think, after an alien invasion. Mm. Yeah, the poster is really cool. The poster like, is really cool. It's this teenage girl and a floating robot sidekick. You kind of like War of the Worlds vibes a little bit. Yeah, and it's these big mushroom looking borg i don't know if they're spaceships or that's the creatures i'm not sure yeah i haven't looked too far into it but like it's been getting some cool buzz and apparently like really good visuals and it's a fun it's not like it's not restricted i don't think no 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 and yeah i think fantasia said it's a really great looking spectacle and i remember this they said see it on the biggest screen you can that's so, here. That's here. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, we were talking about it before, like it, a neat, like kind of niche, well, not niche, but those kind of, they're okay for, you know, older people and younger people. And it's not like an insipid family thing, but it's actually like, it's interesting enough that everyone can get something out of it, I guess. Well, and I've been on a big rant lately of, I get so mad at, I've heard so many podcasts lately and they just lament, oh, they don't make movies like they used to. <laughs> oh, movies aren't good anymore. Oh, everything's Fast and Furious and Marvel movies. Yeah. And then every movie I've seen in the last little while, whether it be Don't Worry Darling or Everything Everywhere All at Once, are original movies, yeah. original Pearl. screenplays. Pearl. Yeah. I'm like, you're just wrong. And you yeah. watch these movies and Don't Worry Darling feels like a movie that would have been made in 1973. Yeah. So... This Vesper is another big, cool, original idea. So I just get mad and I'm like, no, you're wrong. You're not. If you're just walking into the multiplex and going to see the latest Fast and Furious movie, that's fine. But you're making no effort. No, like we would like Prey or like the last Cage movie where he's playing himself. Like, I mean, there's so honestly, like it's harder to pick ones that are just retread BS ideas than it is to pick ones that are new, interesting ideas. Yeah. And then I find even I defend a lot of the bigger stuff because they're hiring really good directors and Mm. actors. So it's not like they're making no effort. Yeah. So when your Spider-Man movie is really good, it helps. Somebody said that recently. It was like. It was David O. Russell or David Fincher, Mm -hmm. and they were like, I think it's good when people are coming out to see Spider-Man or Top Gun because maybe they're there and they see different posters Mm -hmm. or they're more comfortable coming out again and they're more apt to go see a different movie. Yeah. And they pointed out the same thing I did, that it's just fascinating how people forget. And it's like, you remember there were big hit films in the... 60s 70s and 80s right Mm. you remember that they made five planet of the ape movies (laughs) not because they had a story to tell but because they kept making money yeah 
when Jaws came out, people had the same thing of, oh no, Jaws, people are only going to go see shark movies from now on. Yeah, no, and I mean, especially for us, like, it's obviously our bread and butter is not giant movies. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, you could come, you can get your Kong Island here, you know, you get yeah. your whatever, you get well, your Terrifier too. Speaking of kind of mainstream stuff, we are screening Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Oh man. The Ottawa premiere, this weird world we live in, but this is kind of the distribution model now where... Instead of watching something on the big screen and then six months later getting it at the video store, movie aficionados have the opportunity to see a big movie for about a week or two, mm-hmm. and then it hits your streaming service. So yeah. this movie is, this is like Babe Ruth calling the home run shot. <laughs> I don't think there's any shot of any other animated movie winning a best animated picture oscar this year oh boy that is a big claim i think it's gonna because it's it's just it's so big and beautiful and cool looking yeah guillermo del toro is such a cool movie guy yeah and that it happened right on the heels of disney making their pinocchio movie that by all accounts was terrible yeah no i'm not gonna bother with that one but this one has just gotten insane reviews and i mean it's guillermo del toro you know so you kind of know what to expect and as a side note i've been watching his netflix series which is you know not a movie but yeah and really, I mean, he's mostly just spearheading that. I don't th- like. I think he wrote or co-wrote two of them, but it's mostly just like kind of a, a spotlight on other directors, which is really cool. It is so good, like, so good. I'm halfway through, like almost. We're starting episode five, I think next. I think there's eight total, you know. And I haven't gotten to the Mandy uh, director one yet. I think that's the episode seven. I love horror anthologies or like, just anthologies in general and like short stuff and it's just there's a lot of things where good directors or talent put their names on it and it's not great and then there's something like this where you're like you could tell he is involved in all of this and it's actually really well done so it's just he's one of those names where you know you really kind of expect quality at this point and it's weird this is i don't know this is a weird thing to say but there's (laughs) there's so much good tv it's almost good for us from my point of view because i'm like You've got cool stuff to watch on the small screen. Mm -hmm. So when you have the opportunity to come see Pinocchio here, come see it here. Yeah. Because it's not like you're sitting at home with nothing to do. I'm in the same boat that every time I watch a new TV show, whether it be Cabinet of Curiosities or Sandman or Andor, they're all great. Yeah. And so I don't have time to watch movies at home. So coming out to a movie... It's the special thing. So give something like Pinocchio its due and be like, yeah, I got to see this on the big screen. Well, and especially something that's like that type of not even animation, I guess. I I don't know exactly how they did it, but just, you know, like it's stop motion, right? Yeah, it's all stop motion puppets, stop motion armatures. Mm -hmm. So done the same way that Nightmare Before Christmas was decades ago or. Or, Yeah, that new one. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, that kind of stuff. Wendell and Wild. Oh, yeah, I still haven't seen that. Yeah, so it's like, it's kind of wild to get two stop motion features within, God, within a month. Yeah, and the animation co-director on this is the guy who did Fantastic Mr. Fox. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, which was another great movie. So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that kind of sets the scene. And, And honestly, like, I could not care about pinocchio is what i would have said you know like right. going into this but if there was ever a pinocchio for me to care about pinocchio it's this pinocchio i'll stop saying the word pinocchio now. <laughs> just it looks amazing and it, it, it has absolute rave reviews oh yeah as i'm sure you found when looking for pull quotes not hard yeah not at all <laughs> 
then, as we kind of mentioned, we have Terrifier 2 back for a couple more nights. Which I was a little surprised, pleasantly surprised. It did well, yeah. did not know what to expect, and I didn't even, I kind of meant to sort of push it a little harder, like on on some of the Facebook horror groups and stuff like that, you know, to do a bit of advertising, and I kind of forgot, to be quite honest. And then to see you say we're bringing it back, I'm like, wow, well, they don't just do that. So obviously it's doing okay. If it flopped, we would not be bringing it back. No. And I think, too, we do listen, and I guess on social media or, you know, don't bug him too much. But Lee probably (laughs) got a few emails saying, oh, I couldn't go those nights. Bring it back. Bring it back. It just continues to roll along. I haven't looked, but I think it was at 10 million the last time we chatted. Yeah, so, I mean, it's got to be at at least 12. And And have they officially announced terrifier three i don't think official official but it's basically pretty much 100 percent confirmed i think they were going to do it even when this made five million dollars oh for sure yeah so it's like it's just if anything it's just going to get a bigger budget the longer this goes on (laughs) so and i think it's one of those movies that has the fan base who will buy the blu-ray yeah so they're really going to get to double dip that where somebody is coming here to watch it and paying their ticket admission Mm mm-hmm and then they're going to buy the Blu-ray, and that same person might buy a T-shirt or a poster or whatever. Walmart has, like, toys what? for Art the Clown now. Like, it's like a little, I don't know if it's a plushie or whatever, but yeah. So literally, I don't know about Canada, but, like, in the States, Walmart has an Art the Clown doll for this not even hard art. It's unrated. It's so hard. Like, it's, <laughs> you know. I find Walmart and Target so confusing <laughs> because repeatedly over the years, there'll be some story about whether it be a... Billie Eilish or an Avril Lavigne years ago Mm -hmm. has a swear word in a song and gets banned at Walmart. But then you walk in and they have a display up for a Saw movie or Terrifier 2 toys, evidently. Yeah. And I was like, you guys seem to just be kind of wildly stabbing out at censoring things pretty much and it might almost just be like they only do something if someone complains if right literally probably one person complains kind of thing so i don't know it's so hard to tell but yeah like will they be stocking terrifier 2 i don't know uh, have they been selling the first one i don't know i don't go to walmart but <laughs> I, I got a great so. email from a nice patron who basically said i see on your website that terrifier 2 is not rated could you tell me what that means? Oh, no. My 14-year-old and his friends mm. want me to drop them off at the Mayfair and then pick them up afterwards. <laughs> and not ask questions and not ever ask again. Questions. <laughs> I thought it was such a funny email. And so I replied and I said, well, Ontario does not have a ratings board for the past three or four years and has no sign of it coming back, which I really like. I'm all for it. It's a rare time that the conservative government did something and I'm like, Good for you, conservatives. Yeah. Yeah. But I think they did it just to save money, but that's fine. But I Googled it. I Googled Ontario Ratings Board movies, and you can find the list of province to province. I think everybody else still has it. But Ontario pretty much said, we're not going to have ratings anymore because so many people watch movies via streaming or video on demand Mm -hmm. that we can't regulate it anymore because we're not in your homes. So it's kind of a valid point. It does not put into the equation that why didn't you do this decades ago when people had TV, you know? So, but anyhow, so I said to her, we don't have a ratings board. So yes, it is not against the law for a 14 year old to walk in and buy a ticket to Terrifier 2. Having said that, it's a very restricted movie. Yeah. And what Ontario has pretty much said is that all this information is out there, whether it be on 
IMDb or Common Sense Media, there's websites where you can go to that says, this movie has 35 murders in it and 18 swear words and a bunch of nudity. Mm -hmm. And then you look at the thing for Mary Poppins and you go, this movie is completely clean. Yeah. So it's not hard for a parent to figure out. And then the argument is, oh, what about the children? And I'm like, well, I got bad news for you. Yeah. Kids today or kids in the 1970s or kids in the 1950s were watching and reading things they shouldn't be. Yeah. So it's going to happen. Yeah, generally. And we've talked about it before, but like generally it's books. It's like a 10-year-old reading a Stephen King book. Yeah. And you're just like, words can't hurt. Or you're just like, they are so much more graphic than any of his movies ever were. I do the math on when I started reading Stephen King, and I'm like, whoa, was I like 10? I didn't even think about it till recently. Yeah. And I just do the math, and I'm like, wait a minute. That was grade school. Yeah. You know, I mean, I guess nothing ever happened. I turned and, out okay. Yeah, I mean, so you keep saying. More I, or less. I, I don't know if I can uh, vouch for that. But yeah, no, it's, it's, it is kind of funny. Like, and, and that was, well, not before graphic novels, but I mean, certainly more yeah, than Yeah, I was now. right on the cusp. I was when graphic novels started, and that's why I'm reverse snobby against them. Where I'm like, they're all just comic books. Well, yeah, and, and now there's just so many of them that it's like, you know, yeah, you could drop your kid off at the library rather than the Mayfair, and it's more scarring than Terrifier 2 is going to be. Oh, for sure. <laughs> so. And I was surprised recently at the library, they had just a bunch of stuff on the shelf of their Blu-ray collection, and it's like, huh. whether it be... Dexter or a horror movie. Well, they got it all too. Yeah, seriously. So I, you know, I mean, it's it's awesome, but it's yep. also sort of glad in some ways I don't have a kid because I don't have to do this minefield of it. And <laughs> yeah. Like actually, my friend that I do bad movie night with, they just told us yesterday that they're pregnant. Oh. And I'm like, well, I'm only happy for you if it doesn't affect bad movie night. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah. But still, I'm just sort of like, it's gonna be interesting because I'm like, I don't know, kids don't even really know what's going on for the first two years yeah I they're guess. fine yeah so they could watch whatever we're watching you know <laughs> yeah it's blurs of color and sound to them yeah it's not weird finally this week we have a classic celebrating its 70th anniversary is the greatest show on earth which hugh jackman was in the remake yeah or... he was in i don't think a direct remake but one of those kind of the same story I yeah think. basically because his was the greatest showman wasn't yeah. it but he's, yeah, it's the same stuff, right? Like he's singing about elephants or whatever. I don't know. I didn't see the movie, obviously. <laughs> yeah. <but. laughs> so yeah, so this is the 70th anniversary. It's part of our mini celebration counting down to our 90th anniversary. So then in the next couple weeks, we have Casablanca and then Grand Hotel. Huge. And it's just a big, epic, old-timey Hollywood movie. I've never seen it. I'm looking forward to catching it on the big screen. Is it about P.T. Barnum? I don't think directly, no. I think it's just about a fictionalized circus. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, T.P. Barnum or something. <laughs> You're like, But it's directed by Cecil B. DeMille. Okay, okay. Which I think is funny. That name is one of the most Hollywood things in Hollywood. I remember that name from old Looney Tunes and yeah, stuff like that. Cecil B. Demented, obviously. Yeah. Was, was he it? the first? I think he was the first celebrity filmmaker. I think before him, directing was nothing. And then after him came Hitchcock and stuff like that. Yeah, and John Ford. Yeah, but he was the first making big, epic Hollywood kind of thing. So yeah. so that's our chance to see this real rarity up on the big screen, all beautifully restored. Yeah, I can't imagine you're going to see that anywhere near here no. <laughs> at any well, point. God, the last time it probably played here was, if not 70 yes. years ago... <laughs> Uh, a while ago. Yeah, there's no way to know what was played uh, at certain times. It's a bit hazy, you know, along the way. Yeah. But yeah, no, this is going to be amazing. And it's such a cool event that we're doing with these. And I really feel like 
it's time travel. Like yeah. when you're sitting there watching it, it really these kind of movies are the most appreciated and get a big round of applause at the end. Yeah, and it's, it's crazy. It's two and a half weeks till our anniversary. I know. It's I can't. It's just kind of sneaking up there. Yeah, December 5th is our 90th birthday. Yeah, that's going to be bonkers. And two days before my Christmas movie comes out, more importantly. Oh, that's Which more important. we can't screen, but you know, <laughs> yeah. like, I can still intro whatever movie we're playing on the day of and be like, yeah, I know a lot of you probably heard about this movie. And they're like, I don't, we don't know who you are. <laughs> so that's it. That is our movies for the week of Friday, November 18th. We're going to wrap things up. Thanks for listening, everybody. You can find information about these and other upcoming movies at mayfairtheater.ca. We have announced our Christmassy movies. Oh, yeah. We have Silent Night, Deadly Night, Deadly Games, Dial Code, Santa Claus, which was awesome. They're both so good. I should have reacted to the first one you said, too. (laughs) Both classics. Black Christmas. Obviously. And a non-Christmassy one, but a special December screening of the composer's cut of The Beyond. Yeah, which is basically a brand new score over top of the classic, the Fulci classic. Yeah, the review, or one blurb was, the movie has never looked this good. <laughs> sounds like garbage, but... The, yeah, it's a, no. and now it sounds awesome too. I'm interested to see what the... I don't really remember the original score that well, so it'll be interesting yeah. to see how this integrates. So yeah, so check out MayfairTheater.ca for all the info, and we look forward to having you back in here for more great movies as we approach our big 90th birthday and a lot of cool holiday season stuff. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. I hope we have a gigantic cake for the 90th anniversary, but like it can feed 300 people, so it's just like the full lobby of cake. Yeah. That's a good plan. The night before Christmas, when all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care, in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. Christmas, Silent Night, Deadly Night.